0: Hi, I'm David Pogue. Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you.
1: It's the long awaited New Year's Eve RV Navigator podcast. Yes, indeed, and here we are.
0: December 31st, 2019, ladies and gentlemen, and it has
1: finally arrived. And we'll be our usual ear splitting, silly. (laughs) As we always are. It's expected.
0: (laughs) Where else would we spend New Year's Eve but with our listeners?
1: I'm a cheap date.
0: You're in Florida, so you're not a cheap
1: date. But you need to pause can... and, and pour the champagne, or well, time open for the, the champagne. champagne.
0: Okay. Well, I have to admit that it's not quite midnight. Why
1: do you have to admit it?
0: Well, because I can't stay up that late.
1: We <laughs> don't want people to think we're old and tired. I'm old and tired.
0: <laughs> yeah. When was the last time we stayed up to midnight?
1: Um, when we were flying home from Israel. Oh. <laughs> But that's another
0: story. Which we'll get to in a few minutes. We have a lot of exciting things to talk about, including a roundup of the decade. Oh, my. Which you're going to want to hear.
1: Pour the champagne Pour the sh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> We may never get to the roundup of the decade.
1: <laughs> and we have RV movies
0: to talk about. Oh, my. Whoa! Are we in any of them? Uh, yes, we started with Robin Williams <laughs> <laughs>
1: in, in RV. Whatever. Well, after our that. starring role last year on oh, the CBS right.
0: Sunday Morning Show, I thought, oh, maybe somebody oh, maybe, come, maybe somebody would come calling, huh? Or okay, so here we go. I'm twisting. The, let's see.
1: You're not going to use the.
0: This may be edited out, ladies and gentlemen.
1: We still have pink champagne stains in one of our homes from a New Year's Eve where we opened the champagne too enthusiastically. That's good. Well, oh, that,
0: that turned out to be perfect. A
1: perfect sound.
0: And you, no no effervescence.
1: You actually paid some money for this one.
0: Oh, is this an expensive one?
1: I don't know. I thought so.
0: Blanc of the Blanc. <laughs> okay. No one cares. This is real champagne. No
1: one cares. Ooh. Okay, here we go.
0: <coughs> oh, that sounds good. Does that sound like the real thing being poured, ladies and gentlemen? Or even
1: using glass.
0: I don't know when you're listening to this, but if it's in January, (coughs) you can be jealous. Because this is what it sounds like to have real champagne.
1: They don't have to be jealous. They're probably joining us. They're probably
0: having a really good time on New Year's Eve. Yes. We've had some pretty good New Year's Eves. We have. I remember we were in Las Vegas
1: not too long ago.
0: Yes. How long have we been doing this? Oops, I, mean, I didn't fill up. No, this phone made it go right down. How long have we been doing it on New Year's Eve?
1: All right, my dear. Kiss, kiss. <laughs> okay, here Cheers.
0: we go. It smells like beer.
1: Mmm, yummy. Okay. All right. So
0: we will be drinking this. At periodic intervals along the way here.
1: How long have we been doing this? I found something that I wrote on the blog. Oh, really? In
0: 2011. And that's the com slash Wiseman if you want to read Martha's blog about all of our adventures throughout the years. Because you've been doing that since when?
1: Since we retired in 05. Wow. More so than- in 11, I wrote, for the last five years, we have been creating a monthly podcast called RV Navigator, featuring information about RV life style technology and our travels. It has been a success well beyond our wildest dreams. Currently, about 6,500 people all over the world download and listen to what we have to say. It was thrilling to visit friends we didn't know we had in Australia who are listeners. And the regular flow of positive emails and comments motivate us to keep talking. Listeners have come to expect a new podcast at the beginning of every month. Here we are. So we recorded our latest effort last night, and Ken spent the morning editing. New Year's Day, you're editing. We get emails of concern and complaint when we are not on time, so it was nose to the grindstone. Our New Year's resolution is to respond to listener requests and start doing podcasts twice a month when we are on the road and could conceivably have more to say. Which kind of goes the way a lot of other New Year's resolutions I have made over the years. It, you wrote those words? It did not happen. I wrote this, yes. Really? Yes.
0: How prescient of you.
1: <laughs> well, we have a lot more than 65, so We have, we have 6,500 so listeners now.
0: Yes, we have been doing this podcast since 2006, and so this is a bunch years, of years. 13
1: years?
0: <laughs> 14. 14. I actually started it in 2005, and now we have been featured on the CBS show Sunday morning. And as a result of that, our listenership has zoomed up. We've had as many as 40,000 downloads in a month, but they're kind of stabilizing now in the upper teens. So we get 16,000, 17,000 downloads every month, which is pretty amazing to us. <laughs> Let's cheer. Oh, that's really... This is
1: really anemic. this one.
0: Okay, so... One-
1: so, when does so
0: the big midnight uh, event is still to come? We're practicing here.
1: We're getting in the mood.
0: Oh, well, I want to talk a little bit about the website. It's uh, a work in progress, and I hope that you do visit our website because every month, you know, we put in uh, lots of links and pictures and things about uh, the podcast that you might want to listen to. Things what we means- couldn't
1: talk about, things that are easier seen than talked about. Right. But the Are people giving you a hard time about the website? No, not really. Oh.
0: But the website has uh, is undergoing uh, construction issues, and I'm making it better because the software that I was using since 2006 <laughs> has uh, died, and so I'm having to reconstruct it using. And I'm one of the things I'm going to do here in Florida is make it work. That sounds like a good New Year's resolution. Uh, oh yes, I hadn't really thought about making New Year's... Yes, you're right. That's a good. Starting tomorrow. It might actually happen. Starting tomorrow,
1: yes. And uh, while we're talking about web-based things, I also wanted to mention that about a year ago we began a new Facebook page after our Google Plus page oh yeah. died. And at the moment we have about 30 people who have signed up to be <laughs> on our page that we have not approved because Ooh, they, have, tough. They, they have not answered any of the questions that are part of the signing up process. We don't really care what you say. We realize that some of you aren't our ears yet and haven't been anywhere, that's cool. Um, the purpose of those questions is to keep the web bots from signing up on our Facebook page. And I did notice that one of the people who wanted to sign up is from Russia, and some of the things he wrote were in Cyrillic, which made me <laughs> wonder, <Really? laughs> which made me wonder if that was some kind of a bot person. Um, so I'm going to obliterate all 30 of you who have asked you to just- be on the Facebook page. <gasps> and if you but want to. Need- to be on the listeners. Facebook page, and we want you to be. Please answer at least one of the questions, and you will quickly and enthusiastically be included to be part of our Facebook group.
0: Okay. So we want to remind you about the Facebook page. We want to remind you about our website, the rvnavigator.com, and send us an email. This is a chance for us to remind you about all the contact information that we do have. And we want you to be sure to download the wallpaper picture every month which i create from my vast collection of
1: beautiful photographs oh no
0: now the one for february It's too soon to talk about that no 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 well i put it up a month in advance oh but so it's up there it will be up there we're going to te- check the analyzing skills of our listeners
1: will i recognize it
0: it has been modified somewhat
1: oh dear, <laughs> dear.
0: <laughs> and next month we're going to talk about modifying your pictures a major topic
1: and while we're busy making requests, we should also ask yeah, if, you any- if you are on iTunes and want to leave a comment about our podcast that helps with viewership and sometimes gives us some ideas about how things are going on your end. Yeah, We always appreciate hearing from you.
0: Yeah, and, and apparently, I didn't realize this, that uh, our podcast is distributed on a number of other networks. Spotify? I guess so. Oh. I don't, a bunch of other networks. And I was reading all the comments about our podcast uh, on other networks. And (laughs) people kind of addressed the comments to us as if we sit down and read them every day. When I didn't even know they were there. When I didn't even know they were there. But now that we have read them, there were some good comments and some bad comments overall. As you would expect. As you would expect. But I think we need to clarify what this podcast is for. Remember, this podcast is free. (laughs) (laughs) So you get what you pay for. (laughs) It's Free, ladies and gentlemen, and let's how many things in the world are free? We started this podcast when all podcasts were free. But now you have to pay for podcasts. And how do you pay for podcasts? With ads. Ugh, boring. Boring. I hate ads. We don't take ads, we don't put ads on our on our website. You never have to hear from a sponsor listening to the R V Navigator podcast. But that gives us a great deal of flexibility and freedom. We don't have to take any uh, guff from anybody.
1: Well, so, we get guff from sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: they can send it to us and they can make <laughs> comments about it. And we're <laughs> glad to hear yeah, because we, we want do want to know know make the podcast think. better. We, There's,
1: We want to know what you think.
0: I need a drink. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <sighs> we don't we are, try to be all things to all people. That's exactly right. We are old, old, over 70. No, I'm not over 70. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> have some more champagne. Uh-oh. I am over 70.
0: We are over 70. We are retired.
1: For a long time.
0: We have been RVing for 45 years. <laughs> we started in 1976 with a high-top van. And before that, we had a tent. And before that, we yeah, we tent camped for a number of years. So we have been RVing or tenting or camping for a long time. And so some of the things we talk about maybe are... Uh, expecting people to note more than they do, I don't know. But we're not here. I try to do beginner stuff, and especially new technology. And
1: things. while we'll occasionally talk about things that could be of interest to young families, we are not a young family. We don't have an experience as a young family, and that's not our area and of expertise. And we're probably rarely going to talk about. that. We're
0: in a large RV. We have a, a motor home, a forty-three foot motor home. We're not full just Two people and doesn't sleep any more than two people. So we really don't have much experience with sleeping 17 people in an RV. We are funded by our pensions. We have fixed pensions and some investments. So we're not rich, but we're not uh, certainly poor either. We own all of our devices.
1: And traveling both in the RV and around the world is our retirement plan, and, and that's if you, what we do most of the time, and that's what we will talk about most of the time. And if you want to
0: know our secret for being able to do these, these things, which a lot of people just dream about, it's because we don't have any kids. <laughs> when, we got, not really. when we got married, we decided that uh, children were just out of the picture. We couldn't have kids and travel and do all of the things that we wanted to do. They just are too much of a drain on your, on your budget. So we decided to uh, forego the parent thing, and I think I'd make a terrible father anyway.
1: No, you wouldn't. Well, we had tons of kids, but we had Yes, and we school educators, right.
0: So we felt we had that need taken care of. So we decided not to have kids of our own, and with that we would just uh, spend the money on travel instead.
1: And here we are.
0: So that was quite a few years ago. In 2004, no, 2007, we bought our first motorhome. And we are now in our second motorhome. We love the motorhome. And uh, our current motorhome is all electric, so we no longer have to deal with propane. What else would some of the basics be? We travel around the country whenever as we feel free to do. We travel the world.
1: One of the things we've done a lot over the years, and I would encourage you to do the same, is to follow other people's podcasts Uh and other people's travel blogs to learn from them, just as we hope that you can pick up some good ideas from us about what to do, how to do it, where to go, how much time to allot. And I've been a little bit surprised in the last 18 months that some of the people that we have been following, because they interested us, who were full-timers, have decided to get off the road. Uh And that's made me think a little bit about why they did that. They were not necessarily all that forthcoming about why they did that. That's their business. And why we don't feel like we want to stop what we're doing anytime soon as long as our health holds up. Health
0: is the big issue, and that's uh, a lot of people stop because they can no longer drive or their sight is bad or their joints don't let them walk up and down the stairs of an RV. All sorts of reasons why you would have to stop. We have an exit plan, and our exit plan is to sell the motor home and live in our house. <laughs> so uh, we will continue to drive it as long as we can, and I'm hoping that's uh, into the 80s. Martha doesn't drive it, so if something happens to me, uh, we will be stuck wherever we are. <laughs> we will leave the motor home, but that's that's the uh, the premise under which we travel, and we have certainly accepted that. And so far, it has worked out to our benefit. We'd love to hear from you and hear about what you're doing and. One of the things that the podcast has really given us is a, is a lot of perspective on what other people are doing and how they've done it, and we listen to a lot of other podcasts. That's really how we got started with this, because... I started listening to podcasts, and I said, well, I wanted to do a podcast of my own. Martha thought I was crazy, and I was going to do it about technology. But there were so many technology podcasts around that I said, well, let's do another topic that we're intimately interested in. That That Martha
1: can talk about. And that's
0: interesting. I really planned on doing the podcast by myself. Really? Well... You never seem very technologically interested. I
1: think at that point I didn't understand what a podcast was, as uh-huh. some people still do not.
0: Yeah, well, we certainly have listened to a lot of podcasts over the years. And that we, listen, we, we each have a list, a long list of podcasts that we listen to regularly. And we love it because we want to have something to listen to on the way to our next destination, in the car or in the RV. And we certainly did that in the last three days because we just drove from Chicago all the way down to Florida... And that took us three days, and that was a lot of time in the RV and a lot of time to listen to podcasts, and we took care of that by plugging in the old iPad and the iPods and the phones and listening all the way down to various podcasts, none of the technology ones that I listen to, I might well, that's
1: because I was here, too. <laughs> I wanted to kind of finish my thought about people who are getting off the road. When we were at home last week and I was doing those final loads of laundry, I was thinking to myself how convenient it is to be at home, Um, how I don't have to worry about whether I have 50 amps or not, and I don't have to worry. 50 amps? Who needs 50 amps? Not me! And I don't have to wash incessantly because my washing machine at home is huge. And certainly, I think for some people, living in an RV can become uncomfortable. And in some ways as convenient as we've tried to make it here um living in a sticks and bricks in my opinion is the most comfortable way to live but the trade-off is that you're always looking out the window at the same scenery and it gets very boring and as long as we can see the world and have new exciting experiences some trade-offs and creature comforts to me are more than worth it full-time rving is not just a long camping trip
0: No, it's not. And one of the things that we put a premium on is to make the RVing experience as much like the home as possible. We don't consider it camping. We consider everything about this to be as home-like as possible. So we have a big TV. We have satellite. We have Internet. We have everything like we would have at home, air conditioning, heating, uh, tile floors, the whole shot. And that's one of the considerations that we have. You want to be able to wake up in the morning and say... Hmm, I don't know where I am. I'm going to look out the window and you see the mountains of Colorado or the ocean or the palm trees of Florida out the window and you really forgot where you were because you were in your bed sleeping in using your bathroom
1: Um, some people when they think about full time RVing think that the excitement of new places will wipe out missing family and friends and I would say what has happened to us is that a number of people who had been our friends thought we were crazy to be away from home so much and these days many of the people who still are our friends, are out on the road traveling around as well. because as they make well. friends, RVing And it gets much more complicated to see the people at home because they're often not home when we are at home. So so that's a trade-off. And when those of you who are still worker bees and are dreaming about having this lifestyle in the future, you have to think about whether you're going to miss family in particular. Many people have told us that their children no. um, are kind of angry with them for deserting them because they go off in an RV and are not there to babysit and hold their hands and be in close contact, which was their dream. But
0: on the other hand, there are lots of our RVing friends who take their RV and go around and visit... Their kids and can stay extended periods of time without actually having to stay with their kids. Right. So and that's it. Provides much a much better way, and that's another nice thing about this is you can go visit people and not have to feel like you're imposing because you're staying in your RV. We go to visit Martha's sister in North Carolina. We stay in a campground. We come and visit them like we lived a, a few miles away, and then we leave in the evening after everybody wants to go to bed, and we go back to our own bed.
1: She doesn't have to worry. about about cleaning the sheets or feeding us because we can live as independently as we want. But we, we couldn't want. eat there anyway. That's another question. <laughs> Another thing that people um, often think about when they think about being full-time RVers is that we will have no maintenance living. And let me just say (laughs) that since we have left home, I've started making a list of all the things that Ken has to fix or has noticed that are in need of repair, including the toilet, which he was starting to talk about a minute ago, and I got him off. Boy, did
0: we get an exciting delivery today.
1: A toilet. A toilet. (laughs) From Amazon.
0: Amazon is unbelievable. You know? We have to look back at this decade, and I think Amazon is one of the biggest changes. For campers, yeah. Well, for everybody. Wow, what a powerhouse and a tool for transitioning. People to
1: a different style of. But when I'm at home and I order something to be delivered to my home, I don't really care if it comes in two days or if it comes in two weeks because I'm there. But here, when. No, I do
0: care. I like it to come the next day. No, I
1: don't care. I do. But when I'm traveling around uh, and timing is critical, it's. I need another drink. It's so neat to have Amazon come through for us. In this day, in this case, they brought the toilet a day early.
0: A toilet, I had a toilet delivered in 24 hours. and, And the day and and New Year's. Eve day. Can you believe that? And so I what should, am I going to do tomorrow? In and I should to,
1: mention that uh, this toilet is talk. replacing the toilet that he also installed not that many years ago. Four. Which, when we watched the movie of How to Install It, said that you could do it in 20 minutes and took about two months before everything was kind of perfect. So I'm hoping that tomorrow when you, when you are spending... New Year's, your, day, New year's day,
0: with day with the, the toilet. toilet <laughs>
1: That it might we be, do such exciting things. We have a great life. But it might be working by the end of the day.
0: By the end of the day? Yes. It's going to be working by 9 o'clock.
1: Guaranteed.
0: The, it's the same toilet. This, this one started to leak at the valve, so we've got water all over our...
1: Fresh water. So
0: there, oh, Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
1: <Ooh>. <laughs> That's worth mentioning.
0: Maybe it froze. Ooh.
1: Could
0: have I? Well, I put any free. Yeah, could, I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. This is another reason. Well, we took our motorhome home home, home back to it. back to the Chicagoland area, where I caught at least six mice while it was in storage. And you know, peanut butter and and mouse traps work really well. But uh, our whole goal was to kill things. I haven't seen any ants yet.
1: <laughs> well, we get those more down here where it's warm. In I know. But I,
0: well, they haven't made themselves known yet
1: another mistake that people make when they're dreaming about the rv lifestyle is they think that it will be much cheaper than living in a house oh yeah and i would say we live the way we live whether we're at home or in the rv and generally we spend the money that we have (laughs) and then (laughs) so which has kind of been our lifelong pattern
0: i think that living in an rv can be done at a number of levels sure and, and some
1: people live very frugally at home too.
0: And that if you can live without 50 amp and you don't travel very much, I mean, we spent $400 on fuel just to get down here. And if you can, you know, eliminate some of those expenses, uh, then it's, it could be cheaper. But I don't think you need to think about it as an inexpensive way to live. So, and I read so many comments on Facebook pages about people who are shocked by the fact that they thought that it was going to be camping and it's turned out to be a a pretty big expense are we blowing our horns now
1: and as a general rule and i'm speaking very generally um, if you cut corners in terms of the kind of rv you buy you're going to end up spending a lot of money on keeping it going because it won't be as robust Uh, so it's kind of a pay me now or pay me later kind of a situation and the last error that people make in their thinking is, I will love wherever we are if only we can be full-time RVers. And I think, if anything, I appreciate when we travel more because I don't do it all the time. Yes. Well, so, we do it with so care. We plan. That's an error in thinking, too.
0: And staying at home is nice sometimes. So and that's
1: yeah. the end of my bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, what this, what this, my horn? This horn is terrible. Oh, here's my horn. As the countdown comes on, so we should talk about what we've been doing since we talked. Well, to we left you, our listener. We left him in the Dead Sea, midstream. So we were to speak. floating
0: <laughs> in the Mid- in the Dead Sea in Jordan, and after that, we. Now this is another exciting non-RVing trip, and that's another feature of our podcast: is is that we
1: wander off. Twenty nineteen so has been a. We I wanted to talk about... Hmm? We wandered off a lot last year. And I'm we going to, to next year, too. We went to
0: Antarctica. We went to the Galapagos and Ecuador. And we went to Israel as the big trips.
1: And we went to upstate New York.
0: At upstate New York to the, to the Newmar Rally. Yes, we had a good time last year, and we left you uh, in the Dead Sea uh, midway in our trip, which whew, was a tough uh, podcast to make because um, we had to do it on the fly and upload it from With a ship. And, and this included a little uh, seven-day cruise on the Gulf of Suez. And through the Suez Canal.
1: On the Suez Canal. There's no Gulf of Suez. I think there's a Gulf of Suez. No, there's not. Have
0: a drink. (laughs) Jeez. (sighs) Nothing like being emasculated by your
1: wife. Well, you have to say things properly in case people want to
0: emulate your
1: trip. Well, when we talked to you, we had been to Palestine and we had been to Israel a little bit, and since we had been in the Red Sea, which we accessed from Jordan, uh, we went on to Petra, which is one of the most fabulous places we have ever been in terms of historical ruins and scenicness. Yes. Um, it's ancient city that's located inside a slot canyon if any of you have been in northern arizona or utah you know what slot canyons are those
0: sandy colored rocks and things. um
1: and it's in incredibly good condition considering how ancient it is and for a long time because it was in a slot canyon people kind of forgot it was there so it's definitely on the must see list And the other thing we did in Jordan was we went to Wadi Rum, which is a river valley in a desert. And we thought a lot about southern Utah and Arizona in that regard, too. Very scenic, beautiful colored sands. You can go there as a camper and rent a You can
0: spend a week or so there and and Ride hike in the...
1: And ride a camel?
0: It kind of looks like a Monument Valley in yeah, some ways yeah. with the tall rocks that have are weathering and sand and sand dunes and you take rides on four-wheeled vehicles or hike through the sand and the desert and... and <laughs> We rode camels. We're tourists. <laughs> We're tourists. We've ridden camels before, but it, it was fun to, to, to be Lawrence of Arabia as you waddle through the sand on a camel. Well, I was surprised. Camels are actually apparently very bright and helpful animals and willing uh, burden carriers. Piece of, of burden. burden. And
1: People have been using them for hundreds <laughs> of years. Maybe yeah. thousands of years.
0: I've always thought of them as kind of dirty, <laughs> ugly animals, but.
1: Our guide said otherwise. <clears throat> yep. So from there we went
0: down to. We went
1: to Aqaba um, and got on a little cruise ship which took us to a few spots in Egypt. Egypt, we've been to before, and it was very interesting to see how things have changed since the Arab Spring, which impacted greatly on the Egyptian people, Um, not not only in terms of their own personal lives and their own suffering, but tourism virtually came to a stop for six whole years. Yes. So our tour guide was like ready to kiss our feet. He was so happy that things were finally getting going again, and so were we. Yeah,
0: yeah. And... To that end, they have taken very strong security measures to make sure that nothing happens to any tourist again. And so uh, this makes us feel just a bit uneasy, but we had a security guard with us all the time. 24-7. Well, not 24-7. There was nobody in our cabin. Well, he was on the ship. (laughs) He was. I think so. No. No? Anyway. Every time we got off. Every time we got off. And these guys are wearing suits with uh, bulges around the waist.
1: They look like mafia dons to me. (laughs)
0: They were on our buses. They walked around with us on our tours. They were to protect us against somebody attacking us. Who wanted
1: to do us harm? And when <sighs> we and when we left Cairo on our bus, we were accompanied by. A presidential police squad yeah. who was flashing their lights just like you see them do in motorcades. police escort. To escort motorcade. us out of town.
0: Uh, we appreciate what they're doing, but it makes me feel uneasy. And we went through, you know, uh, TSA type of security many times.
1: Not only in the airport, but even to get into the hotel. You had to go through yeah, an x-ray so thing and a bug The thing. security and, got
0: kind of oppressive, I thought. I understand why they're doing it, but... Uh, on the other hand, it makes tourism that much more painful because you have to go through, waste this, a lot of time, waste a lot of time, and it's just you always having to empty your pockets and show people on the be searched and all that sort of stuff, which gets to be a little bit uh, uneasy. I'm not sure I would go back to Egypt for that reason.
1: And I don't think that they're going to stop what they're doing no, because I, they're, you're they're worried, worried about I, I, things happening
0: to us. And people, there have been things that happened. But with that said, we had a good time, and we stayed in some fabulous hotels. Egypt has, and you're going to see the picture on next week's, uh, next month's wallpaper, that you know, the, the pyramids and Luxor and... The Nile Valley are just fabulous. I mean, the things they found there, and, of course, they just found 30 new sarcophaguses in the, in the area. It's just unbelievable, the rich history of that area. So you got to go, but I guess uh, be prepared. And the last time we went, there was no security at all. Of course, that was many, many, many. In the in, 80s. In the 80s. So we haven't been there in a long time. From there, we went to, after going to Cairo, we went to Haifa, In Israel. In Israel. And Haifa is the port city for Tel Aviv. I was surprised that Tel Aviv itself does not have a port. And we then went to Jerusalem, which is one of the biggest holy cities in the world. And we learned a lot there.
1: Most people, I think, when they go to Israel and Jerusalem in particular, are religious people who go with a religious person, a rabbi or a priest or a clergyman, and they focus on those parts of this holy city that pertain to their religion. Because we were on an ecumenical trip with a historical bent, our poor guide tried to teach us everything about everybody all at once, and certainly by the end of some of the days of touring there, it made my head swim, because so much has happened there uh, from all the major faiths in the western and not so western world uh, that it it was easy to understand why this is an area of ongoing and perpetual conflict because everybody lies has a claim to the religious things of significance that happened there
0: yes and you go to the wailing wall and the people are All the Orthodox Jews are all doing their whatever they do at the Wailing Wall, putting little messages in the wall, and you stand in line and you're going to a mosque, which is just on the other side of the wall. And
1: And then you're doing the
0: Stations of the Cross in the Arab Quarter of the city. Very confusing. And I don't know a lot about this stuff, but uh, it was very interesting to go there. And, of course, it is uh, controlled by the Israelis. And some of our folks wanted to go to Bethlehem. And that was not easy. Because
1: it's in Palestine.
0: Because it's in Palestine. And we talked last month about... uh, When we were there. When we were in Palestine, in Bethlehem. And we were in a Palestinian bus and with a... With a Israeli bus, you can't go to Bethlehem and all. There's all sorts of tricky details. This part of the world is just full of conflicts and difficult to understand for us Westerners. But you got to understand this because this is... Uh, the way the world Important is working. Important part out. of the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This probably was a trip. I do this every so often when we go on on longer, more significant international trips. As I wait a few days after we come <laughs> home and and write in my blog something I call final thoughts. And and this trip in particular, I had a lot of final thoughts. And I no- normally do this. Um, I feel like I write better than I speak. <sighs> But I'm going to read a paragraph from my journal, and if Ken doesn't like it, he can delete it. Oh, geez.
0: Let's have a drink.
1: I will never forget the meal we shared with the proud and happy Egyptian woman who prepared it in her mud hut, precariously perched on the banks of the Nile. In Jordan, we shared a meal with a Christian family who had suffered to a degree from their minority status there. But it was clear that they felt safe and comfortable in a city that was overwhelmed by the influx of Muslim immigrants from Syria. As good Christians, they wanted to help those less fortunate, but where do you draw the line when helping them begins to cause you and your family to suffer? Our hearts went out to the Holocaust survivor as she described her young life, having to leave her family before she understood why, and ultimately working to build a new life complete with her surviving family members in Israel. But our feelings of empathy were taxed somewhat when she talked about the death of her grandson at the hands of a sniper when he was in a tank in Palestine. What right did he have to be there? And what right do we have to continue to function as the world's policemen? For us, the most illuminating time was spent in Palestine. After 9 11, the Arabs there have become boogeymen in the minds of many Americans. And here we met normal people trying to have normal lives suffering because of the terrible decisions, graft, and corruption of their leadership since the British gave half away half of their land that they had been living in. We saw with our own eyes how they have become second-class citizens in their own country. The constant encroachment and limitations imposed by their more powerful and better organized and funded neighbor Israel have made living there untenable. But what should they do? Give up and leave? Go where? Through another bomb or rock? If we could put aside these concerns, and we cannot, all our natural sympathies would lie with Israel. After World War II, the words never again are indelibly etched in our hearts. The Israelis have built an efficient, clean, and modern country out of a lot of sand and rocks. We could easily imagine ourselves living in any of their cities that we visited, at least until we spotted another bomb shelter. But the self-righteous and bigoted talks we heard from both the retired member of the Israeli government and the man from Chicago who lived in an illegal settlement left us feeling that no peace will ever come to this land, at least until a Nelson Mandela comes along who can forgive, forget, and move forward. The importance of good leadership becomes ever more evident. Whew, that's
0: poignant, and uh, I'll have a message for the New Year's Eve, <laughs> when we're supposed to be celebrating, but uh, it certainly uh, reflects my feelings also, and uh, that's a nice uh, paragraph. And summary of our trip, and I, you know, this was probably one of the most significant trips we've had in terms of uh, shaping our opinions. I would it, recommend that everybody go visit.
1: It's hard to sort, sort out the bits and pieces you get from the media. I mean, I had a vague notion of where the Gaza Strip was and where the Golan yeah, yeah. Heights were, and where they are in relation to the other things that are there. Being on the ground, boots on the ground, yes, um, made such a difference in terms of our understanding and forming our own impressions. And I think
0: that's our, our basic, fundamental uh, reason for traveling. Is, is that there's nothing like first-hand experience to make your uh, opinions valid and to make the decisions on your own as opposed to listening to the news sources because I certainly had a very different opinion before I left than I do now about the is- a- Arab-Israeli conflict and where things are headed. Whew. We need a drink.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about Florida, a much lighter topic? A much lighter topic.
0: Or we could talk about the decade, the decade in review.
1: There's been a lot of talk about the decade in review, and I had to get on the blog to see where on earth I was 10 years ago, because I couldn't remember. Of
0: course you couldn't, <laughs> That was because it was 10 years ago. But... We want to recommend that you take a look at the link on our webpage about the 100 photos that define the decade. I also put up a suggestion that maybe we would post next time the 10 most notable things that impacted RVing in the last decade. Well, certainly. Amazon, well, which we've definitely noted.
1: And I can still remember using traveler's checks 10 years ago. I can remember until I'm a traveling lot traveling inside the United States. I can remember until a lot less recently than ten years ago. Really struggling with the internet and Wi-Fi, and yes, how much yeah. better that has gotten.
0: What well, we don't want to give it away. We want to have people put on our Facebook page. The
1: well, those are my
0: suggestions thoughts. about what they think are the ten. But um, <clears throat> making the list of the dec- of the decade's ten most influential gadgets according to Time Magazine, and the number one gadget. Of the
1: last ten years, the iPad. The iPad. Can you believe that? I remember when you bought it yes. and you pre-ordered it because we were camping and yes. you had to be in it Austin, the right Texas. Time. And we walked to a mall, and there was a huge. Well, we drove to the mall and then walked huge line of people waiting outside the Apple store and we just kind of waltzed in in front of them because you had pre-ordered and I remember asking you why do you want this and what are you going to do with this yes
0: I wrote a review which you can read on our website
1: and now we couldn't live without it
0: Amazing. It is. We didn't know what we were going to do with the iPad. It was, seemed like a big phone. And now the iPad and tablets as a, as a category have become extremely popular. And something that we now use for navigation. We use it for monitoring our engines. We use it for email. We use it for virtually everything. And We it's don't something carry that,
1: books anymore. We can keep up with the news and periodicals that we like to read. And
0: it's something fairly simple that most everybody can use. Grandmas,
1: over 70 People over 70 can I use it. I used to bring a big wad of recipes that I cook from. Now I just look on the iPad and find a new recipe. So do now, you. Now,
0: we do have one little bone of contention here. What? Maps.
1: I still like a paper map.
0: Now, airlines have gotten rid of paper maps. Uh-huh. Pilots don't use Ships have gotten rid of paper charts. We were on the the ship, on the bridge of the ship that we were on, and they said...
1: just yesterday, we were trying to find a specific gas station, and I couldn't get the Wi-Fi to work because we were in a boony place. You should have taken care of
0: it before. And the map was there. But the paper map didn't help you because you couldn't find... No, we got off at the wrong exit. But we... Because you didn't know where it was. But we... But it helped me. No. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen tell this lady that she needs to get rid of her paper maps if it's good enough for airplanes and it's good enough for she's pouring more champagne so who cares
1: be quiet (laughs) i use the ipad as well
0: not enough anyway the ipad uh, introduced in 2010 is number one now tesla model s okay far beyond our budget now what's a raspberry pi Some kind of primitive computer thing. Primitive?
1: Well, it was when you bought it.
0: No, no. Raspberry Pi is a cool... You couldn't
1: even word process on it, you said.
0: Raspberry Pi is a standalone little computer that is a basic component for making all sorts of other things. So that if you want to buy a little computer that that you could turn into a laptop, you can hook all sorts of accessories to it, you could make it a disc ripper, you could make it into a laptop, you could make it... It's about... uh, 4 by 6 inches square and it's a complete computer on a chip and they cost about $40 and you can turn it into all sorts of things now I have our, uh, our internet server on it.
1: New block ads with it block ads with it.
0: All sorts of things so the Raspberry Pi is a very cool device to in, invented in 2012 it says here. Google Chromecast well, who the hell needs that when you have Apple AirPlay same thing, huh? Well, this is a device. I
1: don't know. I don't use it. And
0: number five, the DJI Phantom.
1: I've I, th- I have mixed feelings about... My drone? Your drone. I, mixed feelings? I think it's wonderful. I think you take beautiful pictures with it. I think it's a lot of fun. But you feel so hamstrung by... You tell by, me this on New Year's Eve? By where you can use it. Uh, when we were in Petra... And Wadi Rum, it would have been so cool to, to can fly. Buy
0: a, can I buy the new one?
1: To fly a drone and take pictures, but you can't use it anywhere. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's so small, you could well, you could
0: put it on your hand. I don't
1: want you to be. Now arrested. the new now
0: the the, the 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 DJI Phantom, which I had and <coughs> sold, and the guy crashed it immediately, um, and I've replaced Wait. it with the Spark. But they have a new one. Which is only 250 grams, and that's a big dividing line because that's when the FAA takes control of it, and you have to license it and stuff. So this new one is less than 250 grams, but it takes great pictures and fits in the palm of your hand. You could
1: fly. But do you want to one. be in jail in Jordan? Sure. No. <laughs> that to me, that's a serious limitation. Okay.
0: Now, number six, the Amazon Echo
1: will not ever be in my house. <laughs>
0: We don't have any
1: uh, Snooping
0: devices. Snooping de- Well you do.
1: Well you have your you phone. My phone you said it snoops on me. Yes. That's but, enough.
0: But we have no Echoes, we have no Google, whatever they're called. We have no Apple g- gizmo. Nothing that we talk to. Number number seven. And that's an Apple Watch. Apple Watch. Which we have now got version five.
1: I'm a, a recent adopter. And you love it. Sort of.
0: It has not had to dial nine eleven on you. No, 9-1-1.
1: no. To me, it's still somewhat confusing because you control it from an app on your phone. Except sometimes you don't control it from the app on your phone. You control it from your watch. Nobody cares. And I never know. Have a drink. Where to start? It'll, when it's it'll all not become clear after, after you
0: drink a little bit more.
1: Apple AirPods. Don't have them. Don't need them. Have them
0: and love them. And I got the new ones, the new Pro version, which has... uh, The new Pro version is a major upgrade, and the sound reduction capabilities is amazing. And I can strongly recommend them as a major upgrade. Number nine, the Nintendo Switch.
1: I don't know what that is. Neither do I. We don't play games. Some some sort of game. Must be a game game thing.
0: And 10, the Xbox Adaptive Controller in 2018. So for the last two years, the last thing there is 2018. For the last two years, there have been, well, in 2019, there was no... It's game stuff. ...gadget that was worth having. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: guess. I don't <laughs> know. People that are
0: old. People. Well, yeah. I don't know. This is the Time Magazine 10 most. I guess it takes time to prove yourself. To
1: figure it out, yeah.
0: So with 2020 coming up here... <sighs> What Do you think we'll be making the podcast in 10 years? No. No? No. Why not?
1: Because we won't be able to.
0: We have less than 10 years left. We won't be able to talk.
1: <laughs> we'll be old.
0: Have a clink. <laughs> we'll be old?
1: Will, will, will we be, Most people would say we're old now. Will we be RVs <laughs> in 10 years? I mean, that is purportedly what we're talking about here.
0: Oh, we are? Oh. We got off on a different topic. There. We did. Well, I wanted to talk about my AirPod Pros, but I don't have to because I just did because they were one of the 10 best inventions in 2010s. But I would like to recommend them even so. I've enjoyed them. And you have a new phone. And why won't you try them?
1: Because I like the ones I have.
0: <laughs> but you could always say that.
1: Well, I like the ones I have.
0: I have a spare set that you could try.
1: You, I'm using one of your spare sets.
0: No, you're not using, no. I have the of AirPods.
1: I'm using. I'm using. I have the it. AirPod I have twos that, that,
0: And we did get new cam- new phones. Why did we buy new phones?
1: I bought a new phone because I made a mistake on the last one and didn't have enough storage capacity, and my batteries were getting kind of weak. So Apple was
0: offering a six percent discount if you use the Apple credit card which of course we have so we bought new phones
1: and and now we can watch Newsroom for free on the Apple channel and
0: we got the people have talked very highly about the Apple streaming channel so I'm looking forward to trying it out but we haven't tried it out yet there's
1: so much to (coughs) watch on TV and we don't work and we have a lot of time to watch TV if we want to do that and we just can't keep up with all the things that sound interesting what a first world problem to be having and now, ladies and gentlemen, the RV question of the night.
0: New Year's Eve, 2019, and we're answering RV questions from Where'd our you listeners. you get this
1: question? Someone asked you this? Yes. Can I use a 50-amp RV on 30-amp service? Yes.
0: And even the RV Navigator wife can answer this question.
1: As long as your 30-amp conversion plug is not so hard to use, it breaks your fingers putting it on the... Well, so you have a
0: 50-amp connector. Which only fits in a
1: 50-amp socket.
0: That's that's got four pins on it. The actual 50-amp service that you plug into actually provides two 50 amp circuits so you actually get 100 amps worth of electricity from a 50 (laughs) what we refer to as a 50 amp plug
1: very confusing
0: well because it's got two legs each 50
1: amps very confusing
0: so it has to be
1: almost uh, enough to do everything you would do in your house
0: so with that you can run two air conditioners you can have electric stove you can have your microwave on you can cook with your so that's a hundred amps that's quite a lot of electricity, as we've mentioned before now, can you run your fifty amp rV on a thirty amp service yes you, you buy do. you buy a dog bone which is an adapter plug plug which plugs into the fifty amp and on the other end it has a thirty amp connector now the thirty amp connector is indeed connected to a thirty amp breaker so that you have 30 amps as opposed to 100 amps so you have to make some adjustments in the way you live can you use a 50 amp rv on a 30 amp service yes, yes but you have to make some adjustments
1: lots of adjustments
0: that means that you cannot use more than 30 amps at any given moment
1: especially if you're
0: blowing the fuse
1: especially if you're heating and or cooling and trying to cook so
0: things that you need to think about that are not obvious one is that your battery charger can use a fair amount of char- amount of that electricity without you even knowing about it two is your hot water heater if it's on electric it's going to be using quite a lot of a, quite a lot to heat so you want to turn that on propane if that's appropriate or in our case on diesel and other things that might be re- using electricity <laughs> you don't have to worry about your lights because they're 12 volt you don't have to worry about your furnace because it's propane and 12 volt you don't have to worry about your refrigerator, but it should be turned on to propane if it runs on propane because it has a heating element, and that heating element will take quite a lot of electricity and it will be deducted from your 30-amp service. So you have to use one-third of the electricity that you would be using on a 100-amp if you are using your your RV on 30-amp. So make a one-pot meal. Which you're very good at. And be careful about what you have turned on. And if the lights are on and your air conditioner won't run, it's because you have blown the circuit breaker. But your batteries are okay. What's next? Now, a a very practical thing that you might want to consider is this new product, which I can't
1: buy yet.
0: I've looked at several stores and I can't buy this.
1: Is it on Amazon?
0: (laughs) Yes, but but it was
1: $12. Oh, why do we want this?
0: Well, because somebody that I know continuously sprays dishwashing soap on the sponge. And no, I di- don't
1: spray it. I put a little dot on, and then I And then the dishes. sponge
0: is full of soap, and you can't use it for anything else.
1: You use it to clean the sink.
0: But when I don't want to use it to clean the sink, I can't then use it Then you rinse for it out. So I'm looking at a new product called Dawn Power Wash Dish Spray. I think I need another drink. Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm slurring my words already. Yes, you are. And it's still an hour to go before midnight. Oh, that worked good. Okay. This podcast is getting near the end, I think. I think this would be a nice thing because you spray it on the dishes and then use the sponge. It's called Dawn Dishwashing Spray. So after five years of research and development, P&G is introducing Dawn Power Wash Dish Spray, its first new form of dish detergent since Dawn soap in a bottle was released nearly 50 years ago. The new formula, which comes in a spray bottle, doesn't require water to activate cleaning suds the way traditional soap does. The new bottle of Dawn Spray... With nozzle, costs about two dollars more than regular version. Two dollars more, or twelve dollars, and is and is available. It may not on, be uh, worth it.
1: I just want to say in my defense, I only use the sponge method when we don't have enough dishes to do a, a sink oh yeah, full yeah. of dishes. But and so we're this about is exactly what this is for. And we're about to go driving down the road, and if you leave I, the dirty I, dishes I, in the sink,
0: shake, I, 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 clink, I, and bang, and it's not very good for that. I agree. I agree with you hundred percent. But you use it at home too. You do the same thing at home.
1: Well, there are just a few dishes that I want to hand wash,
0: and then it makes the sponge all full, full of, of soap. So, ladies and gentlemen, this discussion will be held later on. <laughs> <laughs> a difference of philosophy as to how you should do the dishes. Ah, uh, the very technical issues that we have and the disagreements that we have—such important problems. Seven unnecessary yet amazing gadgets every air should have.
1: Well, number one is an ice maker, which I don't need, but well. You do. Couldn't live without an ice maker. Yes, you do.
0: All of our RV refrigerators have to have an ice maker, and if our refrigerator didn't have one, I would buy. And I'm being desperate right now because I don't have any ice.
1: Number two is a washing machine, which I certainly agree with, even though I am still missing the coat closet that I used to have in the space that is taken off. So if you have dryer. a washing
0: machine and you have your RV plumbed for a washing machine and you put one in, it takes up a fair amount of space, especially ours, which is a stackable. Now, if you buy the all-in-one... The Splendid. The Splendid all-in-one, it takes up half the space, but that still is a fair amount of and space. And people
1: are not happy but with I, how the clothes come out of those yeah, because they're very But that's wrinkled. a different story.
0: But do you need a washing machine?
1: I do, but I don't need number three, which is a dishwasher, because I have you.
0: And I don't mind doing the dishes. So to me, having a dishwasher is a waste of space. In an RV, of course, you have this problem because you have a limited amount of space. It's not like a house that you can just kind of add on to. So you have a limited amount of space, and to take up multiple cabinets, what would be cabinets, for a dishwasher... is not
1: worth it in our opinion.
0: Yeah, and you know the other thing we don't have is a is an oven.
1: Right, I miss is that it. Okay? I miss it.
0: You don't. The I cook
1: better at home, but <laughs> but I'm not home.
0: Okay, so you've I'm seeing make, the world. You've had to make compromises. Yep. So we don't have an oven or a dishmaker. Right.
1: But we have a convection. We, we have, have three contra-
0: drawers full of. I have a toaster oven yeah. and I have
1: a convection oven in between. Well, the two. Where the
0: dishwasher would go in our motorhome. We have three drawers. Of storage.
1: And the toaster oven sits on the top. And I think we've
0: decided that the dishwasher is not something that we would want. To us. We have one at home, of course, but that's because we have the space. But, you know, considering not having the space, we don't use it. Instapot.
1: I could live without it. (gasps) But it's nice to have. Nice to have. And it's not that big. Okay,
0: so we like the Instapot. Instant Pot.
1: It's big, but it took the place of my crock pot. So it's a trade-off.
0: Now, cell booster. There's a lot of controversy over this topic right at this moment. Basically, the bottom line is, no, you don't need a cell booster. Because? A cell booster doesn't boost the signals that you need for a good internet. It's okay for talking. Really? (laughs) Yeah, because... uh, Isn't a
1: signal a signal a signal?
0: No. Uh Uh-huh. Because these days you're getting signals on multiple channels, and it combines multiple channels into one for your data, so what you really want is an inexpensive antenna, a MIMO antenna which is what we have up here
1: we had a cell booster too, didn't we?
0: No, well we do, but we don't use it anymore uh, no,
1: we never really use it
0: because uh, cell boosters are kind of out of style for data and most people want it for for data so our data, one of the things that our hotspot has is a dual antenna input, so I bought a dual antenna booster which it's, is only about twenty five dollars.
1: And we've done So unlike a
0: booster, which is three hundred and fifty dollars. The other
1: day you watched the football game from home. Wow. While we were here. Wow. Very cool.
0: From Chicago. Yeah. On my tableau, which yeah. I mentioned before. Yeah. Which is the device that takes the Chicago TV channel channels and puts them onto the internet for me to watch any place, anywhere in the world. I watched it in Israel.
1: And I think in Ecuador too.
0: And the the Bears game. Yeah. Propane fire print. Pit I don't need it.
1: I really love having a campfire, but I'm a purist. I like having a and campfire. And there seem to be more and more camp parts fire. of our country that you can't have a fire. Um, Often for very good reasons, like there's fire danger and you don't want to make a big forest fire wherever it is that you are. I also get mixed feelings because people make fires and then it gets really smoky and it can be hard to breathe. If you have uh, asthma or bronchial problems.
0: Fires are camping we are not camping. So most of the time we don't have a fire.
1: So a propane fire pit would certainly be good for ambience. Yes. I don't need it.
0: And number seven video streaming service. How could you live without it?
1: People bring DVDs and stuff still, don't no. they? No. I think so. Really? Yeah.
0: We just picked up the Apple channel.
1: Which we haven't had have, time
0: to watch. We have Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, and we have tons of stuff to watch. And I'm amazed at how many Academy Award nominated pictures Our are on Netflix, uh, are this Netflix time. and streaming. Yeah. So that's something you definitely need. Of course, to do that, you have to have a MIMO antenna hooked up your cell phone hotspot in order to get it any place that you want, right? We we have that. Yes, we do.
1: Okay. So, New Year's Eve is rapidly coming to an end. (laughs) Do you want to make any resolutions? I'm not going to make a resolution about doing this every two weeks. Because what happens... So what are you going to say about 2019? What happens is when we are in really interesting places where I have a lot to say, like when we were in the Middle East, there's no time. And when we're not doing a whole lot... So what am I supposed to say? It's not very interesting. We will continue to do a monthly podcast,
0: and the re, the podcast has been very rewarding for us. It has because of all the comments and all the and people, nice we've, people met we've met, and, met and, even
1: in Israel. It
0: has been uh, an unbelievable experience, and we consider it to be an enriching experience for us. And we hope for you too. We hope that we have been able to give back in the style to which we have received.
1: And we have so many friends, some of which we have not met yet.
0: Yeah, and you know to go to Israel and meet and have dinner with some podcast listeners is an unbelievable experience for us mind blowing mind blowing, and we hope that we can continue that and that you will keep in touch with us and sell, tell us what you want to hear about. We may have sounded somewhat arrogant at the beginning that we are doing it on our own, but really we do it for you. We do it as a service to the community. We want to hear from you. We want to have emails. We want to, we want you
1: to have as much fun as we're having
0: especially on New Year's Eve. So, we should just the champagne bottle is about empty.
1: That we are going to the Tampa Super Show oh, later right. this month and if you are there, we would love to meet you, but you need to kind of prearrange that with us because yeah. we're going with a group and we have somewhat of an agenda, but we would No, we'd love to hear from you. We would love to meet up with you if you're going. And to we have to in the, the past help. met up with several listeners. Yeah,
0: yeah this Tampa and and We're here in Florida, and if you're available around in this area, let us know. We'll be glad to uh, make accommodation. And if you're looking for a a nice campsite to rent, we have two of them here in Florida. But they're both booked. Well, for this season, but we have other seasons, and we have other times. And uh, the the great outdoors in Titusville is a great place to do some RVing in Florida. It's become our home away from home, and we enjoy it. Okay, so with that, we will say and goodbye till 2020.